Hello. We are sitting here, my husband and I, Joel Patrick Tetzner. He is my guest. It's just Joel and Jenny today. And I thought, we thought, oh, well, what should we talk about? You know what's the biggest, best thing to talk about continually? Dads. Dads are the best. Because moms, it seems like we're in everything all the time, choosing of the curriculums, all those things. But what's the dad's take on this whole thing? And um, what not better way or person, I should say, to invite, but my own husband, the father of my homeschool children, Joel's homeschool children. Welcome, Joel. Well, thank you. <laughs> Great to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. This is just going to be raw and real. I have, my questions are not like Tina's all nice and written out and glamorous. Of course, it's just sketched out here with my little pencil on a page and they're more bullet points than they are questions. Okay. So we're going to hit these bullet points. And the first one is we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. Back in time. Yep. We're going to go back in time to Noah is in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Madeline is at preschool. Mm -hmm. And I'm teaching Montessori. Yes. And then things changed. They did change. Tell us about that. Your thoughts, your feelings, all the stuff. Right. So back then it was it was a situation where Jenny was really contemplating homeschooling our kids. Um, but she was employed at the Montessori school that uh, she was at. And so we had a two-income family at the time. Uh, our daughter was part of that Montessori school. Our son, like Jenny said, was in kindergarten at the time. And one day, it was a Friday, Jenny announced to me, I'm going to homeschool our kids. Wait, I'm surprised you knew it was a Friday. Oh, I know. Yeah, I guess. So on a Friday, she said, I'm going to homeschool our kids. And <laughs> this announcement was somewhere around like a January time frame, if I remember correctly. And Jenny had a contract with the Montessori school until right. the end of the school year. So... We decided we're going to take this leap, thinking that Jenny would at least be employed until the end of the school year. Mm -hmm. On Monday, Jenny gave her notice stating that she was going to start ed educating our children at home this coming fall. And for whatever reason, her boss literally terminated her on the spot. She wasn't happy about it, but <laughs> the parents all wanted me to homeschool their children too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so now we are on a Monday and our income dropped by about 30% or so. And we have to educate our children somehow. But we did it and we got through it. And there was, it was a struggle, but we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And God opened every door possible for us. Um, that was the time when I decided that I was no longer going to be employed at a typical nine to five and that I was going to start making a change for myself as well. We and like to do things like that. Jump off the cliff, sign us up. That's right. So I started my own business around that time as well. So it was a big change around that, that year. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you say we made it. Do you mean financially? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah. You would think that it'd be a 
devastating when you know your spouse loses their income mm-hmm. um and the that they still want to educate kids at home so no income for the foreseeable future so what does a dad have to do dad has to make sure the bills are paid dad has to step up just like mama stepped up to homeschool the kids this daddy had to step up to make sure that an income was coming in that could pay our bills. Well, that's the part I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So that tells me that you were a little fearful. No. Wait, didn't I come home and say, just like every wife should? I should have probably not came home to say, I'm homeschooling the kids. Maybe I actually came home and said, babe, what would you think about homeschooling the children? I think I said that. Did I say that? No, it was pretty much. Did I say let's pray about it? Of course you did. I did, you guys. I yes. said let's pray. Yeah, but this was, there was a runway coming up here where where Jenny was contemplating and thinking it through and praying about it. And then she made that decision on that Friday, that fateful Friday. And by Monday, God said, okay, we're going to start you right now. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, I thought I'd have a little bit of a, uh-huh. a longer runway to prepare for, you know, the change in income, but it was as we get right into, away. we'll see that's a theme in our life. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> yes, you guys. So that was the thing we started homeschooling. Yeah, but I think it was that we a trusted the Lord and then just love to spend time with our kids anyway. So I kind of figured that would be a deal, right? Right. That it wasn't really that big of a exactly. You know, and our son, he was in kindergarten and he he liked it for the most part, but there was aspects of it that we as parents didn't like. Uh, for example, there was a time during our son's day uh, where their teachers would want them to take time to read a book, uh, like reading time, uh, where everyone just sits quietly for 15 or 20 minutes to read a book. And our son wanted to read the Bible at that point in time. And unfortunately, the teacher wouldn't allow him to do that because of the, the religion uh, repercussions within the school system where we live. Uh, so he came home to tell us that. And that just kind of really sealed the deal for us because it wasn't like our son was trying to preach or, or push his his beliefs on other people, he just wanted to take that time to read what he wanted to read. And unfortunately, they, they didn't like what he wanted to read. No, so that was kind of this, the cement. Exactly. Right there. And, and actually, he was the star of the week. And so he picked that book from the church library mm-hmm. and was excited to bring it in to read it. And then he said, no, Mama, the teacher wouldn't let me. Yeah, And so that was that. But um, what about the involvement? Now, this is a big thing because we have a lot of dads who have been coming in these days who are actually the ones who are stepping up to homeschool. And it's kind of been the mom's afraid. But mm-hmm. what about the the involvement? Tell us about your thoughts we didn't, we didn't script this, you guys, so I have no idea. This is real and raw. <laughs> tell us about, like, your thoughts about that. So here I am homeschooling, you know, just whatever. When I say the word involvement, tell us what you feel. Right. My involvement, for the most part, was as support to Jenny so that she would have all that she would need to make this work within our home. 
Uh, was I hands-on, one-on-one with our children as much as I could be? Yes. You know, I did do some math classes with our kids. Uh, we did some, you know, just small little excursions or, or whatever the case might be, but I was more or less the support system. Um, when it came to curriculum, I was always brought in to see how I felt about it. Uh, would it be a good fit for our family? But then it was also making sure that... We say that lightly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just pretty much making sure that Jenny had all she needed and our kids had all they needed to thrive within our home. Um, and at that time, we felt it was is it was important to have an area of our house that was dedicated to their education. Um, so we got a good friend of ours who just happened to be very artistic with the paintbrush and he, he just literally thanks steve huntley he literally transformed our basement into the world's best home education room that we could have ever asked for it is where we got our education you guys right there right mm-hmm. so they had their space they had everything that they needed to succeed in all of this uh we even have a cat sophie who, sophie was homeschooled all the way through She's who was down there every now. day yep Every single day. Every day with the kids. Not that we sat down there all, all the time. Let's be clear. Right. We just has a, had a designated spot, mm-hmm. whereas we could all gather and know that was our beginning time. Right. <clears throat> okay. Here's another bullet point. It's not a question. It's just a bullet point. We didn't script this. There's nothing. We didn't even meet. I, Joel has no idea. Andy was a little bit under the weather yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, But here he is today, bright and shining. Yep. Um, okay. Conventions, curriculums, concerns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do with that. Whatever. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Okay. Okay. Um, whatever that it, means to you. You got it. Okay. Conventions are important. At least they were important for us because we had the opportunity to actually speak to the curriculum providers that were out there in the world. So that we could literally see and talk to human beings uh, about the curriculums so that we could find what was best for our children. (laughs) And did we go with just one curriculum their entire life? No, 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 (laughs) no. It's why we have the homeschool loft. (laughs) That's right. So we just, we went through a whole variety of different curriculums, did what, you know, we just used them for what we could during the time that we could do. But if something better or something that was more suited for our children individually came up, then that's what we went with. Um, When it came to curriculum, some curriculums are not cheap. You know, some curriculums are an investment. uh, And you really have to weigh that out with what you want your kids to really benefit from once they complete these curriculums. And it's not even about the curriculum. No. We teach the children, not the curriculum. Exactly. That's what we learned, but that's another podcast episode. But as a brand new homeschooling family, you know, we were looking at all the curriculums and what do we need to do and what do we need to know and what's every other homeschool family in our world using for curriculums? Do we need to join a co-op? Do we, all these questions. What were your thoughts though? Tell us from Joel Tetzner's point of view, let's talk conventions. From Mm -hmm. your point of view, being the dad and I'm over Mm -hmm. here being the mom. Mm Mm-hmm. What was that like? Did you love going to conventions? <laughs> did you look forward to it just like I did? Yeah, I like going to those conventions because you learn a lot. Yeah. You know, especially with the speakers 
and everything that you can do in the convention. There was just so much information to take in. And if you actually bring your kids to the convention, you can actually see which which curriculums they gravitate towards. But so it was helpful for you as the dad. Mm-hmm. Let's because we're speaking to all you dads out there. Because, what was that like? Because as my wife <laughs> is the the prime uh, homeschool educator in our home, she would say a lot of things that were like a foreign language to me. So I really had to learn the vocabulary of of homeschooling. I had to learn what these curriculums were about. I had to learn the different styles. You know, I had to learn <laughs> classical education. That's right. Charlotte Mason. Oh, all, yes. all of these different mm-hmm. things so that I could understand so I could actually have a conversation with my wife and support her uh, through everything that she had to do to make the decisions for how she's going to educate our kids. Yeah. And was it so interesting to find out all these different things? Because you graduated from Purdue. I did, So you saw. It was illuminated. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have to do that one thing. I could have did, you know. Yeah. All the the different ways. But the conventions were nice because there were things there that you wouldn't even have thought would be there. Um, I remember one convention, there was a speaker who was all about etiquette. Oh, yes. And she had a course that literally taught all the proper manners and all the etiquette that one should ever learn, Mm -hmm. which in today's world, we're finding that is just a lost art. Truly. You know, so when it comes to how to set a proper table or how to dress for a certain event or whatever the case might be, I found it fascinating and Especially when it came to our kids, because then I could easily show them, you know, remember when we we saw that lady talking about etiquette? It's a thing and it's yeah. important to learn for our house anyway. It truly was. Mm-hmm. Was there ever any concerns about going through all the curriculums, changing when, when I had to make the changes and things like that? Were you concerned that there would be gaps with the children's education? <laughs> Namely, we just bought that, and why are you switching? Now, I knew there wouldn't be gaps, right? But mm-hmm. coming from your perspective, mm-hmm. was that ever a concern for you? No, because I knew if there was a reason for a change, it was important. It just had to happen. You know, whether one or both of our kids just wasn't jiving with the curriculum that was there first. Yeah. Or it was just too hard to teach on your end or it took up too, way too much time. Um, whatever the reason, uh, it was always a good, a, a good reason to switch whenever we had to. You know, sometimes, yeah, there's surprise costs involved. Or you find out you paid $800 for a curriculum and it's now hit the skids within four weeks after it arrived at your home. So, but you got to roll with that. Yeah. You know, you just got to roll with it because this is the education of your kids. Right. You know why we don't send our school, we don't send our kids to school to get education forced on them. Mm -hmm. We're not going to force education on our kids at home with something that doesn't jive. You know, right. with their learning styles or with Jenny's teaching style, mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of times it could be a hit or miss, but every once in a while you find a good one and it works out well. Yeah. And even with, what would you say, I think when a huge frustration for many moms is trying to get the dad, the dad on board. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just that the dad doesn't quite know 
how to get on board right. or how to do it. Maybe he sees his wife and thinks, there's no way. I have no <laughs> clue. I don't even know what you're doing. Like Joel said, what is this? Who is this Charlotte Mason? What What is the trivium? What does this even mean, right? Um, unit studies, what's that? You're just, you know. But what would you say to the dad that that's at that place right now that's that's really uncertain that this home education thing is even possible? What I would say is you've got to you've got to have a team with your spouse. It's there will come a day when the typical man is going to want something that is going to affect the entire family. Whether I want to buy a new RV or I want to move to a different state or whatever the case might be, or I have a job transfer and your family's just got to up and agree to it because that's, you know, what you want to happen. Yeah. So in this case, it was what my wife wanted to happen and I was fully on board with it. And like I said in the beginning, it's just a matter of. I have to make sure that this works out for all of us, whatever it takes to do that. You know, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional that, you know, I'm providing the support to my wife and my kids, whatever it needs to do. So when you get a, when you get a family that comes in and one or both is just not on board with the whole homeschool idea, you just have to ask what is the sticking point? Right. Is it income? You know, is it, you're, is it a job thing? Mm-hmm. Um, did you have so much fun in your school as a kid that you want your children to experience the same history that you did? We've had fathers come in who are concerned because they were on the football team and they want their mm. kids to experience being on the mm. football team. And, you know, they did all these extracurriculars that can only happen in a school system. And they have these great memories for that. But it's, as we've spoken to many times on this podcast, you know, when it comes to these extracurriculars, they're still out there for the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to do a little bit more digging to find them. You know, a lot of school systems will allow homeschool kids to be in their sports uh, programs or in their band programs, whatever the case might be. So they're not totally missing out. And there's also many cities that, you, there are co-ops and there are clubs that cater specifically to homeschool uh, children in terms of sports and, and music and things of the sort. Yeah. Yeah. You can, the kids are never going to miss out. In fact, no. there are so many opportunities. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Um, what about other people's – so Joel Tetzner – there he is. There's me. He's driving off to his job. Mm-hmm. And he meet lots you meet lots of people. There you are. You're driving off to your job. You meet people or you're at the grocery store, whatever that might be. And people find out that your children are homeschooled. Talk about those inc- instances. <laughs> <laughs> They're for the most part very positive, but they always have the question. The the biggest one is socialization. How are your kids getting socialized? Right. And that this was actually, you know, I know since the pandemic, it's, I don't want to say normal, but a lot more homeschoolers now. Mm-hmm. But back then when our kiddos were little, mm, not many. No, no. But there was always an intrigue when people would yeah. would find out that we were homeschooling our kids. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they would ask the questions like I just stated, you know, are they socializing? Are you able to afford that on one income? What do you do for a living that you can afford this on one income? All the questions. Um, Even like when we first announced we were going to do this, Jenny's parents, my (laughs) in-laws, they were very supportive. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. (laughs) But grandpa would always sneak in a little quiz whenever he would come and visit the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, what's your address? Do you know your phone number? What color (laughs) is that? (laughs) Show me how you add these two numbers together. And our kids always knew the answers with flying colors. And then they outsmarted them and us. Yes. Yes. They went far beyond any place we've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. True. And you went to Purdue. So that's saying a lot. Mm. Dad's on the fence. Dad's on the fence. Dad's on the fence. What about the dad's on the fence? Dad's on the fence. We've got to dial in what you are on the fence about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like we've got to we've got to solve that issue, whatever that is. Um, most dads that I speak to, the fence is usually the income. Mm. They true. They have built a life around a two income family. Um, maybe the wife is actually bringing in more of an income uh, and the wife wants to stay home. So now dad has to do that. And it's hard for men because men really place their identity in what they do for a living. Yeah. Right. So you probably know, like when you go to say a party or something and you meet a stranger after they ask what your name is, the next question is, so what do you do? That is so true. Right. Not and you, ma- though, babe. Not you don't me. say that. No, no, yeah. no. Um, but it's always the question. And what you do really paints the picture to the person asking what type of person you are, whether you're yeah. successful or whether yes. you're not or whatever the case might mm-hmm. be. Um, so it's important for men to really identify with whatever it is that they do for a living, right? Um, But when it comes to income, income is something, especially nowadays, that you literally can be whatever you want to be fairly easy, right? Mm -hmm. So I've worked with other clients in, in coaching situations where we had to talk about the income issue, Mm -hmm. right? And for example, back in, 2008 when the housing market crashed okay all of a sudden everybody is unemployed okay and i've got plumbers and home builders and everybody else just sitting on their couch doing nothing yet i'm watching the foreclosure industry just really taking off because the market is the way it was. And so there are a lot of empty houses, a lot of houses that the banks had to take over. So now what do you do with these houses? So I'm meeting with these plumbers and the plumbers are like, there's just no work. There's nobody needs plumbing. There's no new construction for us to install the pipes in or anything else. And I go, do you have a toolbox that you use for plumbing? Right. And they're like, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Can you use that toolbox for anything else? Can you build decks? Can you, you know, anything that you can use with tools? Mm -hmm. Can you fix lawnmowers in your garage? Can you do anything to supplement whatever it is you're doing? And it was so hard for men to really grasp Mm -hmm. that 
because they were a plumber for 20 years that they could be something other than a plumber yeah. with the same tools that they use for plumbing. Right. Right. Yeah. So the income issue, yep, big, but it's a plan that we can definitely, even at the homeschool loft, I can work with parents mm-hmm. specifically on that. You know, I, there's a lot of six figure grass cutters out there. There's a lot of, <laughs> yes. you know, six figure pooper scoopers out there, yeah. you know, and it's just finding that thing that you can really, really yes. grow. This is Joel's passion. So mm-hmm. we're serious. When we say reach out to Joel Tetzner at the homeschool loft, we'll link his information. Do it because you guys, it's true. Sometimes it just takes somebody else to kind of guide you along and help you block out that fear, you know, get rid of it all together. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is the education. People go to college and they get their degree and their degree says who they are and what they are. Mm. So they think that that's all that they can do. Right. So when I got my degree, my degree was in psychology. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have a degree that allows me to literally work with uh, mental health patients and in crisis intervention centers. And I did all that. Yeah. But by the time we were getting ready to homeschool, that wasn't going to work for me anymore. Yes. I had to find something else that was going to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And I found a career that I completely is far and beyond away from my psychology a degree. I would say. Right. And I just became good at that because I knew that it would work well for my family. Uh, I could set my own hours, which is very important, mm-hmm. especially for homeschool families. Yeah. And along those lines, it's also important to note that as a dad who or, or a wife, whoever is supporting the family during this time, that there's boundaries in place. Right. Mm -hmm. You've got to set the boundaries in terms of your work day versus your family time. Mm, That was a big one at our house. Yes, you did well. And I literally drew a line in the sand that said I would never work after 5 p.m. ever. And I would never work weekends ever, no matter what. Yes. And so I had to literally create the career Mm -hmm. that would allow me to do that. Because I needed to be present for my family. I couldn't be this husband that was like, I have to work extra hard and extra hours so we can homeschool our kids. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah, because then you're never with your kids. Exactly. Ever. And the truth is, you did a huge leap. You went Mm -hmm. from the whole working with people and all of that, Mm -hmm. you know, psychology type thing, Mm -hmm. all the way to the other side of the spectrum. Can we say what it is? Because it's so different. Because you just started... Mm -hmm. And taught yourself all the things, went to school, did that whole thing mm-hmm. to become a real estate appraiser. Right. So, I mean, there you have it, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Don't need a college degree in psychology for that. No. You know, but you, you do need the ambition to, to get the education, to get the licensure, to get the experience you need mm-hmm. to make it happen. And it, that's the key to all of this mm-hmm. when it comes to income. You have to literally create the way you're going to get the income for your family. And if your current situation doesn't work, then it doesn't work and it needs to go or it needs to change or whatever the case might be. And just like a husband having to support the wife in the example where the wife would be educating the children, 
the wife also has to be a strong foundation for her husband Mm -hmm. and support him emotionally during the transition and really build him up so that he's got Mm -hmm. the confidence to make the leap, make the change, do the thing. When we started the transition from employment to self-employment, there was a good six month where I had to do both just so I could ramp up uh, what I needed to do in my own business. Mm -hmm. So there's a period of time where you might be a little bit more busy, Mm -hmm. but when you know that there's going to be an end time when this isn't going to be forever and the outcome is going to be the best thing for the family, all the better for Uh, And it just... When we say it, it has to be this uh, all-in mentality, right? The reason most take their children out of a, a school eight hours a day, 12 years, is because they just know they're missing out with their kiddos. <clears throat> and so it... We have been conditioned to believe that all the things Joel's talking about right now are too far-fetched. We've been conditioned to believe that. That's a lie. Anything is possible if you want it bad enough. Mm -hmm. And so many people have so much talent and giftings that are just put on the shelf that they don't use because they have this nine-to-five job that they don't really like, and then it makes causes stress at home, and then it just you know they're not around their children, mm-hmm. and but you were able to with all of this, we were able to be a family. We were able to, you know, go to the library once a week together. Joel would meet us mm-hmm. for lunch, and right. we traveled. And when I say traveled, we're not like high high end travelers. Okay, we're just talking. We got in the minivan and traveled around the state, usually to a convention of <laughs> exactly. some sort. That was traveling and we packed the games and all the things, but it was so much fun. And so, you know, they were able to see dad and he was able to be a part, not a huge, right? I was mostly me doing the learning and the teaching, but he was present. Mm -hmm. He was present in the home and they were able to see that and be influenced by him, which is why I think Noah's such a huge, our boy, he's, he's that kid who goes out there and gets after it with the business stuff. Mm-hmm. He does. You know? Yeah. And that's, it's so important that the father is visible and attentive to his kids and his wife for a, a strong part of their day. Mm. The kids need to have that relationship with their father. And the job can't get in the way of that relationship time. Mm-hmm. You know, when dad comes home, you know, Dad's can say, I'm so tired from, I'm so exhausted. I can't think. I'm just brain dead. Yes. I need to sit on the couch. No. I need my, I need some time. Right. That's not, that's not conducive to this home environment or to what God's word says. Right. Exactly. You know, you do work hard, but you don't work so hard that you can ignore your family. Well, here we are today at... Our studio, this podcast, doing this podcast. And since that time, way back in the beginning where we began, our kiddos are now 20, Madeline, Jane, Tessner, she's 20, and um, exactly like her dad. And mm-hmm. Noah is going to be going to be 22. And so here we are. 
It's been beautiful and blessed more than we could have ever asked or imagined, but we're not through, are we? We're not through because now we have this homeschool loft. Correct. And it has been absolutely fabulous. When we opened up, we had no clue. You know, you've heard Tina and I talk about this, really no idea what we were doing. I mean, we, we knew that we wanted to help homeschool moms and dads. And however that looked, we weren't sure, but we just did it. We just put one foot in front of the other and trusted God who put it into our hearts to bring us where we are today. And today we have now new adventures through the homeschool loft, which Mm -hmm. it's my dream come true, my dream come true. But what are your thoughts? First off, what were your thoughts about, let's start this homeschool loft thing. Like, what were your thoughts about, okay, this is what it's going to be. You know, were you kind of like, what do you mean we're done with the, you know, where were you on this? Where was I? I was looking at my wife wondering what she was going to do now that the kids had graduated. Yeah. And she was so involved in the homeschool world. Mm -hmm. And every book you could possibly imagine, my wife was reading it. And it was just hard to see that she had no one to teach at home anymore. Yeah. So we kicked around the idea of, you know, what can we do, you know, so that you're still involved in the homeschool world somehow, um, you know, and let's just see. Because yeah. we, we knew we were going to be involved. That right. was a commitment that we had made. Exactly. Just a matter of when. Right. And then... Um, I had rented a, an office space uh, in our local town here uh, for my appraisal business. And a few months into that lease, Jenny started getting some visions about the space being used for the homeschool world. And I said, maybe you just should put something out on Facebook and, and just yeah. say, hey, is there any questions I can answer for anybody about homeschooling? You know, and lo and behold, you started getting some inquiries and mm-hmm. you, people started hitting you up for information and coffee dates and the whole thing. Yeah. And then um, Tina appeared. Yeah. Right? Well, because a mom and you've heard me and Tina tell that mm-hmm. story. What happened is, is I put that thing out on Facebook and then a mom replied back um, that she had been, you know, talking with uh, this Tina Hollenbeck about, you know, possibly homeschooling our kiddos. Mm -hmm. And that, boom, everything came to a screeching halt because we realize wholeheartedly that if you're not called to do something, right, Mm -hmm. not all moms and dads are called to extend this out uh, forever. Some Mm -hmm. moms and dads, when their children are graduated from homeschool, they're all finished and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But we knew that God had called us to it and also called Tina. And so this has been great, just working with Jeff and Tina. And um, that passion is what matters in starting anything new, period. It is the passion. Right. And then seeing that Tina had the... the Yeah, she'd already been in it with her own, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Yeah. homeschool resource roadmap and book writing. Right. So she was a great person to partner with at the time. 
And so my appraisal office mm-hmm. turned into the homeschool loft. And, <laughs> and I was basically homeless <laughs> yeah, uh, for my business, but that's all right. It worked out well. Yeah. And the homeschool loft, again, we didn't know which direction it was going to go in, uh-huh. what people really wanted from the homeschool loft. It was just open the doors and let's see yeah. what people want. Yes. Right? We installed a curriculum viewing library at the loft. Uh, we also had a library of books that people could check out and mm-hmm. things like that. But the thing that really brought the people in was the one-on-one consultations. Yeah. And people just wanted that affirmation that mm-hmm. you can do it. You're doing yes. all the right things. You know, if you need help picking a, a curriculum or a path that you want to go with your kids, we can do that for you. And what's so cool about all of this is so Tina had already been doing that. And even though our kiddos are all the same age and we come from the same area in town, we didn't really know each other well. We had never really hung out. You know, we knew of each other and, you know, but not all the way. And so I didn't know that she had all of this already started with her own passions with writing and um, certainly the homeschool resource roadmap, which is beyond imaginable for somebody like me to that whole thing is just crazy. And, ah, and so then the, um, consultation thing, she'd already been doing it. Well, guess what? When we had this space, it was so much easier to now have Mm -hmm. all of that stuff housed in one location and, and her giftings. And then my giftings on the other end, just so melded together, like, a hand in a glove, just right. melded peanut butter and jelly, melded together. And so we were able to bring this together using our strengths. And Right. And as you probably have, have garnered from listening to this show, yeah, Jenny is very much a people person. Yes. Um, Tina is very much the organizational person. Mm-hmm. And so with both of their gifts, this thing just really grew and yeah. became a really viable resource in our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, the podcast started when our son, the the podcast expert, yeah. <laughs> said, you guys really need a podcast. Yeah, we and, were the old fogies. Yep, and we started the podcast, and it's working out well. We're getting yeah. a lot of people reaching out to us from just different states and everywhere mm-hmm. else. And a lot of our episodes, it's fun to watch which episodes really get the most downloads and what's really hitting well with with people in the world and it's just been a blessing to have this so when it comes to dad or mom or whoever the person is that is not educating their their children at home Mm -hmm. again it's it's making these dreams come true as a partnership with your spouse Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like um having your having a home-based education that's a partnership yeah you know, having a one person income is a partnership yeah. because you both have to support right. each other to make it all happen. You have and to be friends, you best have to be friends. friends and also have God involved in yes. every aspect of it. That's right. Pray for what you want. And mm-hmm. if it's meant to be, God will make it happen, mm-hmm. you know, and we've just been blessed all along this journey, you know, and now at the homeschool loft, we're looking at new ways to grow and expand for this upcoming year, you know, that we're putting our faith in God yeah. to, you know, give us some additional so space exciting. or, you know, bring us the, the children that need to yeah. you know, learn from yeah. us. We are, we are delighted to announce that we are starting a Charlotte Mason ex- 
inspired, inspired uh, cottage school. So we are so looking forward to it, and we are in the works of it, and just praying and diligently um, relying on God for every single detail of it, because are there a lot of things to get together for us? Absolutely. Uh, but God is so faithful, and he's brought us through just every single time. When we stand at our road and we look back, I think that's what everybody needs to do. Stop what you're doing, stand on your road, and then look back and see where God's brought you to. And he's not going to leave you when he's called you to something. So we're trusting him wholeheartedly and know that it's for sure going to be um, amazing because he is amazing. Yes, he is. Babe, any final thoughts? Oh, there's so much to, you know, really expound upon, but... You know, when it comes to dads, dads are so important uh, in a family structure. It is, it's, it's difficult to be alone and educating your kids, whether your spouse is there, but not emotionally there, um, is not a support or is just never home because they feel like they have to work more than they should. Um, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, you literally have to build a team here. You have to be best friends with your spouse. You have to be on board with each other's dreams and passions mm -hmm. and however that looks. Um, when it comes to home-based education, my biggest, uh, my biggest thing is to say, do not replicate the public school mm -hmm. in your house. That's right. That makes it all the much harder. You know, you do not have to have school from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. in your own home. You don't have to designate an hour for each subject that you're teaching your children. Their attention span is only so big. And after a while, they're going to tune out or they're going to be tired. So teach them the things that they not only need to know, but they love learning about. Mm -hmm. Don't have it as this monstrous thing that it's an, a burden on your family. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there are many families that still have a to income situation, but their schedules are flexible enough where one parent can teach during one part of the day and another parent could teach in the other part of the day. However, that works for you. You're in control of your schedule. You're in control of how successful your home-based education is going to be. We're so glad that you guys took this time to hang out and listen to Joel and Jenny. We absolutely love all things homeschool. It is our passion and it's our desire to help other people enjoy learning with their children and to be confident that you don't have to know all the things. If you have any questions and you want to reach out to Joel, just hit our website at the the podcast now has a website. It's, it's homeschoolloftcast.com. You can fill in your questions right there and we'll get back to you. Be blessed. Thank you.